Welcome to the Nerd Normie Podcast. I'm a big film nerd, Everett. And I'm Emerald, and I'm engaged to a nerd. On this week's episode, we will be covering two movies. Uh, I chose Argyle, directed by Matthew Vaughn. And I chose Maestro, directed by Bradley Cooper. Uh, For both of these movies, we will do uh, spoilers and non-spoilers. There'll be time codes in the description below. Let's get into it. week i chose argyle um it's interesting yeah uh directed by matthew vaughn starring a um whole bunch. bryce dallas howard uh what's his name sam rockwell rockwell um it says henry cavill stars in it i wouldn't really say he stars in oh. it or really john cena um, Brian Cranston, Catherine O'Hara, Samuel L. Jackson. And, yeah, mixed reviews for this one. Um, I mean, the Rotten Tomatoes score is awful. But from what I've read, people are, like, going either way. They were expecting, like, a serious spy action movie. Clearly you know what I mean? didn't see any trailers. <laughs> right. And then the other half is, like can we not just have a silly movie? Why is everyone taking this so seriously? And that's kind of exactly what it is. It's just silly, random, yeah, weird. I really liked the first half. I feel like the first, or not the first half, but the first third, I feel like really follows what the trailers depicted it would be. Um, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, the second third went off the rails and they threw in a billion twists and it was just weird. And the third one brings it home with a silly little moment that made up for it for me. And I would overall just say it's like a fun at home watch. Yeah, it's it's not as good as The Kingsman. Not even close. Yeah, The Kingsman was truly amazing. And I think not part of the issue but i bet a lot of people's expectations were let down because this is pg-13 and matthew vaughn usually does rated r so there's some usually some gruesome kills and gnarly stunts and there's still some like decent stunt work in this movie the action's good but nobody there's no bloody deaths there's no moment of over-the-top violence which is a for a lot of people part of the fun of these types of movies and so I don't know where that decision came from. Um, and so, yeah, kind of weird that that is the case, that it's only PG-13. Um, I'm not saying this necessarily would have solved the whole movie, and it would have been so much better as rated R, but it would have felt at least a little more like itself, because it wants to be. Yeah. But it just, they took out all the CGI blood sprays and stuff. Um and then, yeah, the other thing, I I agree. The first third, I was like, oh, wow, I can't believe this is getting, like, so poorly reviewed. This is an absolute blast. I'm having so much more fun than, like, I thought I would. Uh, and then the middle third is really not great. Um, there's about 50 twists and turns in 45 minutes. Yeah, the story really is not great. And so on a... From a critic score, that's why I think it's so low. Is it just 
It might start well, but then it just keeps twisting and turning, and one good gag at the end is not enough to give it a positive review in the end, officially. And so I get it. And especially if you're a little tired of these types of movies, or, you know, critics tend to be harsher on comedy and action and stuff that's not serious dramas, this one opens itself up to that criticism. Uh, and then again, yeah, there's one gag at the end that I, and it started, I was like, oh no, this isn't good. And it went so long that it became funny. Yeah. And then there's still another 10, 15 minutes to the movie with another three twists in it somehow that I was still like, oh, like, come on, let's just wrap this up already. I'm, I'm over it. And the twists aren't good they're very predictable they literally tell you this is what's going to happen and then when it happens they expect you to be like what but it's just like yeah of course that happened like you either can predict it or it happens and you go huh okay and then it has no real impact on the story instead of focusing in on one or two like good twists like a knives out movie does this one's just throwing them at you a mile a minute and then it's they they, it gets old that they're still changing up stuff and i just yeah i think there's a good movie in here um i think the issue along with a lot of other apple movies that have come out recently is they keep just signing these giant checks and letting people go unchecked Uh um (laughs) and yeah it's not going well for them at the moment they also Um, used way too much cgi and it just made the movie unwatchable yeah that was gonna be the next thing i said it's not even just that there's a lot of cgi most modern movies are like 75 percent cgi these days it's bad it is some of the worst cgi and i know matthew vaughn is known for his over-the-top stylized whatever but like there's a difference between a stylistic choice and just not giving people the money or the time to make good effects. Yeah, I saw a comment on one of the reviews that said it's about as good as a Spy Kids movie in terms of CGI, so just keep that in mind. Honestly, (laughs) yeah, it is not dissimilar, and that's really concerning. Yeah. Um, Especially with the budget this movie had behind it is it's ridiculous and yeah it has huge stars so like obviously i mean i guess that's where their budget went 200 million for this movie not just production that's to acquire the rights to make it to acquire sole distribution rights all of this kind of stuff but you'd still say that's probably around 75 to 125 million to make this movie and it looks like this and Godzilla minus one was made for 15 million. And yeah, they did terrible things to their VFX artists, but I'm sure this movie did too, because nobody treats VFX art as well. And so it's like, if you're gonna make them do terrible things, at least make it artistic. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, give them good contracts and do nice things. But yeah, still, it's, it's not great. And the more I think about it, the more... I'm like, eh, do I ever want to go back to this one? There's better versions of this out there. Yeah. Okay, going into spoilers for Argyle. Um, This follows an author who writes a series of spy novels uh, that are really popular. 
and she is on a train going to visit her parents one day and all of these spies come out of the woodwork to basically kidnap her because they think she's telling the future or something based off the book she's writing and they're trying to find this master key that has all of their information in it or I guess like proves that someone is a bad guy. Has the master file and that's all you ever know. Yeah, and the master some pictures file. of people we know are involved in stuff. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure in her book it's saying that the master file just proves that the leader of the spy organization is a bad guy. But oh my god, is that not a mystery? Because he's actively a bad guy the entire movie. There's not one moment where he's pretending to not be a bad guy. Um... Anyways, so, yeah, she's, you know, solving this mystery to find this master key thing, file, whatever. And, um, yeah, then she turns out to be a spy and they brainwashed her into forgetting so that she'd be an author. And instead of, I don't know, just keeping her because she was already on their side apparently that was another twist is that she was with the bad guys instead of just letting her finish out this mission that she was already doing they brainwashed her to forget so that she'd end up doing a mission that she was already doing um and i don't know she was in love with the other guy that's basically the whole movie yeah and at the beginning she's like picturing Henry Cavill doing a bunch of stuff but then he kind of just disappears because apparently that was her subconscious or something and then he's there at the end as yeah. some guy with a mullet which I don't know what that was apparently there's an after credit scene that we walked oh. out before oh. so maybe that explains something but the person who I found out there was an after credit scene from said it was stupid and they didn't care about it so yeah you know no. oh well <laughs> And, yeah, the thing that makes it kind of redeemable in the end, after all the stupid twists, is that they do this awful, stupid, CGI'd, explosive, colorful smoke dance sequence where they're murdering everybody. And then later she ice skates with knives in her boots across oil to murder a bunch of people and then still ends up shooting people, even though that was the one thing they weren't yeah, supposed to do. Yeah, that was... And I would say we did not have the greatest theater experience with no, the there people was a around horrible us. child in front of us. And next to us, a guy was just talking through the whole thing. I don't know if you could hear him, mm -mm. but he literally was like, "Oh, I called that. Oh, I knew this would happen. Oh, look at this. Oh, I bet this is gonna." I'm like, and "Dude, it's like, who shut didn't? up!" <laughs> um, but anyway, he was like, "Why don't they just, you know, they're all good shooters. Why don't they just stand up and shoot the guys?" who they're supposed to shoot and not shoot the oil. Yeah. And then it's like, well, okay, whatever. We've written the rule that you can't shoot with the oil for fear of spark. And then it ends with her spinning, like doing an ice skating spin super, super fast, just spraying bullets willy-nilly. Like, surely that would have hit a spark somewhere. You would think, but, but not in the world of Argyle. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's just silly and stupid, but not silly and stupid in a way that you should see it in theaters. It's not like The Beekeeper where it's like, <laughs> you know, well, I guess it's about the same level as The Beekeeper. Same amount of funny, same amount yeah. of action. It's It's just fine. It's, it feels longer. Yeah. Especially that middle third really kind of drags and the very end there's like 10 twists thrown at you in 2 minutes. Yeah. And I think 
honestly there's a version of this movie even with like what they've shot where you could cut out a half hour cut a couple of the twists because everyone starts good then goes evil then is good then goes evil then is good or starts evil goes good evil good evil and so everyone ends up exactly where they started on like the exact same side as you expect them to be everybody ends up being exactly who you think they are and so yeah you can do one or two twists but to just keep flipping back and forth and having these nonsense moments where you know a third thing happens that swaps what you think the scene is about it's like no just just play <laughs> cut it around through. this yeah. i don't care and skip over you know 10 minutes of characters talking about stupid stuff and you could get to yeah. the final act of the movie much quicker and without having bored your audience to death yeah i honestly don't even know if this review makes sense because there's so many <laughs> stupid twists that i i just i can't even yeah express it yep. so uh yeah what would you rate it um kind of hovering between like a four and a five i'd probably land on like a five yeah i would have said walking out of the theater i was probably more like a six yeah but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh, I just, I would not have the energy to sit through that again. Yeah. Like, you know, I love a good, funny, dumb action movie. The Beekeeper, Bullet Train from the other year. Oh, I yeah. Really he rewatches Bullet Train often. He <laughs> like, loves Bullet Train. That's just a great example of a movie I can turn on in the background. What the dumb action. It's funny. It's fast. It's great. This is just not that. I love the original Kingsman. I would watch that again but not this one. So I think I will end up on a four. Yeah, I was about the same walking out of the theater. I was like, yeah, no, I mean, it was fine, but it was funny. And then the more I sat with it, I was like, mm, it's not that funny. Not enough to make up for how <laughs> that being bad said, it is. Bryce Dallas Howard and Sam Rockwell crush it. Yeah. With what they are given, they are really funny, really charming, really charismatic. I really do like them in this movie. It's everyone around them and the script and she is just the most beautiful little person and i love her a lot but yeah yeah, the rest of the movie garbage yep i certainly hope you dance as well as you dress there's only one way to find out All right, my movie this week is Maestro, directed by Bradley Cooper and co-written by him and Joss Singer, uh, and it stars Carey Mulligan and Bradley Cooper as Leonard Bernstein, Bernstein and uh, Felicia Montalegra, and they are a very famous public couple from U.S. music history. He was a very, very successful composer and conductor and all sorts of stuff. Uh, with music, and she was on track to become kind of a, a pretty famous uh, actor and what performer, uh, Broadway performer and stuff, and then kind of is willing to sideline her career to some extent, and to a large extent, she ends up completely kind of dropping out, and then gets back into it a little bit towards the end. But anyway, that's who they are. Uh, and this movie just kind of follows their relationship. I would say it's much more about them them as a couple than it is about either of their accomplishments or who they who they were outside of each other even really like there's almost no scenes that's not the two of them or them talking about the other person it is very very focused on that one thing 
Um, so if you are going into this wanting a very accurate biopic of Leonard Bernstein and his, you know, incredible works or the any controversies and different twists and turns and craziness in his life, uh, if it doesn't pertain to his wife, you are not going to see it. <laughs> uh, it is going to be maybe mentioned offhand. But that is that is what this is. It is a examination of their very weird and non-traditional marriage and relationship and the way that despite that they still do love each other and yet it still causes conflict yeah um i went into this thinking it was going to be just a biopic about a guy making music which is just so far from what i wanted to watch (laughs) i was dreading watching this but having it just be like a little love story between this guy and his wife it was i i it exceeded my expectations i won't say i loved it i quite enjoyed this movie i i think i then went back because i had only seen I, friends from work said it was amazing a few critics said it was fine that I'd seen and because this came out so long ago I had kind of given up on trying to avoid any sort of reviews or anything and then I saw audiences were hating this movie and thought it was really bad and I was like wow this is okay that's a shame and then we watched it and I was like I can't believe people don't like this whereas my grandmother did not like it yeah <laughs> but I read through like some on like Rotten Tomatoes the user score and stuff and it's got like a 60 or 50 something percent and a lot of it was just complaining that it is not about Leonard Bernstein and that's what they kind of were promised is a biopic about this man and it does not deliver on that and fair enough if that was your expectation that is not what this is however adjust your expectations to just an examination of a peculiar relationship that happens to be real and the acting is fantastic the cinematography is gorgeous i think bradley cooper this is his debut um directorial film it is really really strong i i think he did a fantastic job there are some really spectacular shots and moments there's a bit with the thanksgiving day parade that i absolutely loved um and yeah i i really enjoyed this movie and i'm sad that it is not doing as well putting aside any of the controversy around the makeup in this movie and what happened with bradley cooper and the sign-off from bernstein's family but also people being upset by it i just putting all of that stuff aside the movie is good in my opinion but in regards to the makeup i will say it's one of the like following someone from when they're 25 until they're what 70 yeah he died in his 70s yeah it's I think it does very well at making it believable that he's aging from 25 to 70-something. And 70 they don't, at least not obviously, do a, like CGI yeah, de-aging like or aging up. It's practical. Makeup, yeah. And it looks really good. So in terms of the aging makeup, I think they did a phenomenal job. Yeah. But yeah. Ready to move into spoilers? Yep. All right. Moving into spoilers for Maestro. Um, I mean, again, there's outside of the historical, there were two people who lived. There's not a lot to spoil other than he is a man um, who is bisexual and his wife 
the woman who ends up becoming his wife, they meet, and she basically says, yes, I know this is you. As long as you're discreet, I don't care. Go ahead and do whatever. I love you, and I want to be around you. And he said, I love you so much, but there is a part of me that wants to be with men, and obviously you can't give that to me, but I will still love you 100%. And boy, do they. They love each other, and it's really amazing. Like, I would say 99% of the time watching a movie like this that's like, oh yeah, having extramarital affairs is okay, let's show you how it could work. I'd be like, eh, I, I don't think this is for me. I am very happy in... <laughs> a relationship with just one person <laughs> uh and i you know that is not for me but these two make it work and it feels like they truly they truly love each other the performances make it feel like they're really you know they do a great job and the the moments they choose to show you really show that love yeah. between them but you also do see that it does wear on you and yeah and i think that's where my beef would come in is because a lot of those shows and movies and stuff that would be about someone who's like, I think I'm in love with two people. I'm like, no, you're not. Shut your face. Um, and he doesn't. He loves his wife with his entire heart. He is so in love with his wife. And then he has occasional hookups with men and it doesn't like delve deeply into those it's just like once in a while there's a man he goes off with he comes back and he stays very like consistent with showing his wife attention but the issue comes when he has lived this whole life not having you know a consistent relationship with a man and he wants that. And so once he starts leaning on that and having a man around more and more, he's bringing him home. And it's the same guy. It's the same over man. And yeah. Over. That's when their marriage kind of falls apart a little bit. Um, but yeah, then she gets cancer and they come back together. So. Yeah. And I think I can, again, I can also see like some people might think it's, it's pulling a few punches and that, yes, he starts bringing the same guy like home he invites him to their family home for the weekend he invites him to his premiere of his new uh composition and he's holding his hand instead of hers up in the balcony and i i think it maybe could have gone a little harsher on him for behaving that way to her and showed a bit more of how you know you've had this agreement this arrangement and then you know she kind of starts to be like hey like i i know i said this was okay but you're starting to kind of push it and he just kind of talks his way out of it. And there's only like one or two scenes that really show that dynamic. One being the Thanksgiving Day Parade scene, which is fantastic. She finally is like, enough is enough. He comes home late for Thanksgiving. And they go into their, like a private study or whatever. And start having a, a screaming match at each other. And really, really well done. And then it ends, there's like floats going by slowly in the background. And it ends with like Snoopy just <laughs> drifting in the background. And all their kids out, outside are going, Dad, Mom, come look at Snoopy. Oh my gosh. And they're having just like poured their hearts into this like an end of marriage <laughs> yeah. fight <laughs> yeah um but then they do end up kind of coming back together and being with each other and then another area it does kind of pull its punch is then he is seen after her her death and stuff still interested not just in men but young. in very young men like students he's teaching to be conductors he's then 
having relationships with. And I think they may be... And again, I don't know how you go into that in this movie because that's not what this movie is. It is their relationship. But I can see people who want to have those kind of like biopics that actually dredge up stuff about the character and stuff would be disappointed that this is not harsh on him in that regard i also would not call it maestro because that's not really what it's about i would have called it something else like i think that's where the people got angry is because they're coming to see him or something like that would have been a better name for this because yeah it is i mean i would say carrie mulligan steals the show she is fantastic in this yeah bradley cooper is pretty good yeah she is phenomenal yeah but um, she is in everything because she's <laughs> a star. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I it, maybe it's not quite as harsh and yet it's produced by the Bernstein family and they signed off on everything that was done. So, yeah, they probably didn't want the, their parents being completely dragged through the mud. Um, so take that, at, you know, as you will. But still, as an examination of this particular relationship, I thought it was thought it was quite interesting. So what would you rate it? I'm going to give this one an 8 out of 10. Okay. I think once we had just finished it, because I had so low expectations going into it, I would have given it like a 7 because it exceeded the expectations. But sitting with it, thinking about if I'd ever rewatch it, whatever, I'd probably give it about a 5 as well sorry harsh (laughs) Uh, all right that is maestro if summer doesn't sing in you then nothing sings in you and if nothing sings in you then you can't make music something she told me hello I'm Lenny. Hello, Felicia. All right. Thank you for listening to our episode this week. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Nerd and Normie and tune in every Monday for a new episode. And if you're listening on YouTube, like and subscribe. And if you're on audio platform, leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out. Thank Thank you. you.